Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. And by the time you hear this, the site will be back up. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Bernal. She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. I I think Josh has used the the sofa blackout as a convenient excuse not to update the site. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the irony is that we're a podcast. Nobody goes to our site. But I did want to show solidarity in as, you know, small a way as I could. Um, So, you know, and a couple people, I tweeted why the site was down. And a couple people said, oh, what is that? Can you tell me a little more about it? So I I was able to do my part that way. I I was excited that that, that sofa got at least... They're not they're It's like off the table for at least a week. Yay, one week. Yeah, shave shelved for a week. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk a little about Glee, which is what we are here to discuss. We have a new episode this week called Yes, No, which is always exciting to discuss a new episode um, since we haven't had one in a while. It has, what has it been, December, if not November, since we had an episode? It feels like months. It's uh, This has been... Probably like five weeks, I think. Six weeks. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was the longest break we'd ever taken in the show. In Other our than show. summer. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. In the, for the Gleeful podcast, yeah. That's true. So, uh, but yeah, so we have um, we have Glee to discuss this week. Yes, no. Uh, romantic episode. Kind of some shocking stuff. Some big surprises in this episode. Um, and we opened up with Summer Nights. Summer Lovin'. Summer Lovin'. Summer, summer Nights. Oh, is it Summer, summer Nights? It's Summer Nights, I yeah, thought. Yeah, the title Summer Nights. Oh. Yeah. As someone who hosted karaoke for six months, <laughs> I can assure you that it's entitled Aww. Summer Nights. Um, but, you know, yes, no, temperature. Jennifer, what did you think about the episode? I actually really enjoyed this episode. I think I've realized that after such a long break, I really like when they do episodes that are totally loaded with songs. Because... If you just go into story, I think I'm going to be a little lost. Although I still think they were able to convey a lot of the story and, and, and move things along with as much music as they had. But um, I'd give it I'd give it a B plus 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 plus. I really enjoyed it. Ed, yes, no. Mainly yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was very good, not great. Mm-hmm. Like it could have used a bit more plot, but it was it was it was good overall. I I agree with that. I think it was very good, not great. I I think I didn't have the complaint that it, there wasn't enough plot. I certainly thought there was enough plot. Um, it was just some of the plots I was a little more interested in than others. Some of the songs I liked better than others. This song was obviously more of an homage than a song. Uh, you pointed out it looked like they even shot it on the Paramount lot where they shot the original. And I think movie. they shoot on Paramount. Uh, did they shoot on Paramount? Well, I remember. Or is it Fox? I think they shoot on Fox. But I don't think they shoot. I don't think they actually have. Well, okay. Whatever. But it looked, pr- it it looked, looked very specific. Similar. They yeah. definitely framed every shot the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the choreography was the same. Um, oh, yeah. It, so, you know, I liked some of the songs more than others. But all in all, I, I, I liked this one. I, I thought, you know, on the echelon of season three, this was pretty near the top for me. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, and again, I think after the break, it was it was fun to just see all the different musical performances, at least for me. Uh, yeah. And uh, someone pointed out or someone said in the chat room that they did actually shoot at the high school where they shot mm-hmm. the original. Uh, OK. The original Grease, yeah. which is cool. Um, personally, 
as a musical theater fanatic that we've discussed on the show many times, Grease is one of my least favorite musicals. I kind of detest it. Uh, and this song, not only because it's from Grease, but also because I hosted karaoke for six months, I kind of hate this song. <laughs> on um, a boat and you couldn't get away. <laughs> I couldn't get away from these people. Uh, but I mean... You know, that said, they did it as they did it and they did it well and they, they obviously had a good time with it. It was funny to hear Cordover Street with the softest voice. His voice is so soft. And then like Rory had his like, Does she have a friend? Like it was come on, this is like a big musical theater, like, you know, horn dog moment. And they were so soft throughout it. I mean, to make John Travolta sound like he has a power voice, you're really missing the boat a little bit. Uh, but that was my read on it, Jennifer. Summer night. Well, I don't. I don't think it was that bad. I thought it was. A, I thought it was a good interpretation of it. Uh, not even an interpretation because they did it so close to. Yeah, it, it wasn't I, an interpretation. Yeah, as I'm saying it, but it was. It 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 was a different type of song for both Sam and Mercedes. And I really liked it. I, I I'm really I, I I like their relationship. There's this sweetness to it and I like I like her better with him. I mean she she seems more grounded, more gentle, less diva. And I think that kinda came through in the song and, and I really enjoyed the whole performance. Uh well and Ed, as someone who's probably a little less familiar with the original film, uh, and certainly its sequel, don't become familiar with that. Oh, come on. Uh, do you, what, how did you feel about Cool Rider's best song ever. I think any song that has Mercedes doing something that isn't, that isn't something that I would normally associate with her, because that's what they always, they, even on Night of Neglect, which should have been, should have been an episode that she didn't do something that was so like <laughs> stereotypical. She still did something stereotypical. So, yeah. so, so I definitely appreciate that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah. the number itself, I mean, is this a song that you, uh, do you give a crap about? I mean, I knew the song. I mean, Grease is one of the musicals that I know. I mean, I remember watching it like, in kindergarten, actually, <laughs> uh, which which I now wonder in retrospect if that wow. was a, if the, was that a good decision? Was, oh, I remember I my mother. It. it was on like Saturday afternoon at one o'clock, and my mother was like, "Oh, you'll really like this movie. You should watch this." And so I watched it, and I think I got bored because I had no attention span as a child. Uh, shocking, I know. Um, and then I gr- I saw it like years later, and I was like, "Why did she want me to see this?" Honestly, I mean, I remember seeing it. Okay, in the theater, and I was, God, I remember it was in junior high or something like that. But I didn't get it. I mean, like I understood, I gotta say, eighty percent of it, but I didn't understand anything that related to sex or anything else that was going on. <laughs> and I just remember years later, not even years later, but like a couple years later, being like. Oh, I can't believe my parents let me go see this by myself. It is pretty, I mean... So it, kindergarten, yes, Ed, I think that's a little... A little soon for It is a little young. Uh, but yeah, you know, we had kind of the return of Amber and uh, and Cordover Street, or, you know, um, th- those two characters. Sam Sadies. Wow, Sam Sadies, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I'm a little out of practice. I got your back, baby. I'm a little out of practice. Uh, but there, a bit of the return of Sam Sadies has kind of culminated, you know, I, I think... Before we get too deep into that, I know that what everyone is going to want to talk about is Helen Marin. So we should talk about Helen Marin. I thought it was her. I wanted to look it up today. So it is? I, According to the internet, it was Helen Marin, which was crazy. Wait, which site on the internet? Uh, I, think, I think it was like Entertainment Weekly. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> it was a right. sighty site. It wasn't just like someone's site that I found. I, I, did I, thought, I thought, I yeah, I saw Helen Marin on like uh, Artie's Twitter. There you go. So that was that was hilarious. I mean, one that she did it at all, but it was such a funny way. And so, some of the things they got Helen Mirren to say. Oh, she's a cheeky funny. monkey. Yes, exactly. Um, so wait, Ed, did you hear that she was going to do a voiceover? I I I saw I saw on Drew a dude that that he did that that okay. she was going to do a voiceover or be somehow a part of the episode. Okay. 
Uh, and then the whole kind of Becky storyline, you know, Becky who who got a thing for uh, Artie. Uh, for Artie and kind of their, you know, her, her pursuing Artie. Um, I thought it was handled pretty sensitively. I mean, all in all, I thought everybody kind of acted, you know, uh, well, and and he stuck up for her a little bit. I thought it was it was a sweet storyline in a way. I don't know, Jennifer, Artie, and and Becky. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was really sweet. Um, I, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because they they sort of positioned it in a way like, okay, Artie's going to ask, oh, what was her name? I can't even think of the sugar, sugar. Yes. Um, to practice. And then she took it as a date and then turned him down because of, you know, his the fact that he's in a, a wheelchair. Then right away, Becky comes up. And and so I got the impression that Artie didn't want to do the same thing to her. So he's like, OK, cool. But then he got to know her. And but there was just no, you know, he, he didn't want anything more than just a friendship. So I kind of felt bad that it was turned into you know, at the very end, it was it was it was turned into the fact because that she has Down syndrome, and and I don't know that it's that, or it. I mean, Artie never gave any indication that it was that. It could have been just that he wasn't interested her in her as a in a relationship. I mean, I think it would be I think it would be kind of um, naive not to think it was you know due to the Down syndrome, um, but. I loved her monologue at the very end where after she said, am I, is it because I'm too intimidating? And he said, yeah. And then she walked away and said, I know it's not that I know it's because I have down syndrome, but I didn't want to ask. And I just thought like, I don't know. It was just beautifully written. I thought that was a really Mm -hmm. beautiful kind of honest moment. Um, And showing like a character who is aware of her situation and aware that this sucks a lot but she's not going to let it break her. I just thought it was a, like yeah. Becky's storyline to me was by far the best one in the episode. I thought that was really sweet. Um, Ed, Becky and Artie. Ed, I, I did we a, lose Ed? I heard a little chime oh. about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> we might have lost Ed. Um, well, we, so we had a uh, Becky and Artie. I thought was very sweet. And we yeah. had kind of sweet Sue meets. Like, while still being pretty intense and mean, <laughs> Sue, in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yes, Sue was very supportive and encouraging and almost happy for some people. But, you know, still was there with the, you know, the digs when she was cutting down Artie for not wanting to date Becky. And <laughs> um, when she was upset about... Uh, Coast Beast eloping with her booty call. Um, so, I mean, the, the the insults were not in short supply. Yeah. But, you know, but she she was uh, definitely, you know, softer, more, more caring and kind to Sue. It's interesting. Yeah. This is almost, I kind of thought a lot about, is this a Sue that I can get, um... Is this a Sue I can get behind? Like, is this mm-hmm. a Sue I want to watch on the show? She still has the, the you know, she's essentially Santana now. Yeah. She has the mean biting comments, but we all know, we know that like deep down she's actually quite sweet or she has a good heart, you know? Right. Is this a Sue yeah, that a we want to see going kind, forward? kind, decent person, but. I, I don't know if I want to see her and Santana playing essentially the exact same role, um, but I don't know, like, the things she said to Artie were actually quite funny. <laughs> so I'll give her that. <laughs> and the way he's like, come on, just get it all out now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her and the Will You Marry Me Bill number was, was kind of fun. Uh-huh. Like, having her there with Beast was, was a, a neat a neat uh, moment on the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I thought it was really fun. I mean, I was thinking about the same thing. I mean, I, I could... I could I could get used to this. I mean, it makes more sense than you know every other every other episode. Her finding a new, uh, you know, being on a new crusade to destroy Will or or the um, the Glee Club. Yeah, it just it, it just became so so forced and so manipulated and so ridiculous. It no longer was fun. 
Uh, Ed, are you back? Yes. Uh, welcome back. Yes, welcome back. How did you? Uh, what, how did you feel about Sue in this episode and her kind of being both sweet and sour at the same time? Sue. Sue has been well because Sue has, as a character, has been forced into this role of being like she has to be like over the top. It's like, because that's what people. That's what glee thinks that we expect from her and i suppose that's what a casual viewer of the show would would expect and i think i think that's what they've had an issue with her as a character where they were trying to like like how do we satisfy these casual viewers and the and the people who are like seriously watching it and that's why sue is such a mishmash of things they're like well we need we need we need an antagonist and sue this like the was like the staple one i mean santana did it for a while so did quinn but (laughs) for for a while that like whenever they desperately needed an antagonist they're like oh sue yeah exactly (laughs) um so yeah i think i think eddie i don't know I don't know if they'll. I don't think they'll ever. That's why I'm more inclined. I know you were against this. We're having following the Glee kids post college, like post high school. Like, mm-hmm. is the Glee club, is the Glee club Glee or is the kids Glee? And I would rather be the kids Glee because at one point or another, I would. Re- I mean, yeah. I think I would. I would want to say goodbye to the whole Sue and Wemma and like just like like eventually like shed that. If this if the show is to last ten seasons. At some point, I would like that to happen. So. See, I'm actually exactly the opposite. I'd rather get rid of the kids and keep Sue and Wemma around. And, like, one of the kids would become a teacher or stay on as a basketball coach or something to that effect. Because, as we all know, Saved by the Bell, the new class was far superior to Saved by the Bell, the college years. Um, and so I think it could work in that way. I don't know. For some reason, I'm more attached to the Glee Club. Jennifer, you had actually made a comment about that when you were watching well, the episode. When we were watching it last night, it, it occurred to me that I, in support of what I said last week, I believe that it's about, I believe it's about the school and the club itself. I think the students can come and go. I mean, even ultimately the teachers can come and go, but I think it has to stay within the framework of this. I think it ultimately comes back to what they said Glee was at the beginning, and it's the opening of yourself up to joy. That is entirely true. So, so would you find more joy with the Glee Club or in New York chasing around uh, Finchel and Clayne? I mean, at this point, oh, that's not gonna happen. I, I'm going to go with because I mean, going to college opens up so many possibilities that really aren't explored with many shows. So I think there's much more potential to be surprising with Glee the college years. I know you're I know going by the say by the bell model isn't good. It's like it doesn't doesn't bode well to that, but <laughs> but like I I didn't really watch Saved by the Bell, but did did the did the writing suffer in college years? Like the was writing, the storyline not? The problem is is the the lifestyle in college and the the drama the personal dramas you have in college are so drastically different from the personal dramas you have in high school that pretty much every show that starts in high school in my opinion pretty much falls over when they go to college i mean if you think of like you know uh 902 the original 90210 party of 5 Dawson's Creek why did i watch all these stupid shows in the 90s um but they all kind of fell over once the kids graduated high school in my opinion opinion just because once you get to college it's more about like well one like there's sex and drugs well but way maybe more. because and and that doesn't you know and and it's just like and what you, your your risks are so much greater when you're in college as opposed to like when you're in high school it's not as much fun to well that, i mean but Lee has never show that that has been afraid to go somewhere right well like I mean, I mean, they they sometimes walk the line and they're like, oh, we're just a TV show. But I mean, in general, they're not afraid to go somewhere and do something. True. So I think I think ultimately, if they if they did it right and did it well, it could be done in college and be successful because like I feel like the OC season three, which was their senior was a fail, but their fourth season, which is their first year of college, was was really strong. Hmm. And 
but the ratings went down because they moved it to a 9 p.m. time slot. But whatever. <laughs> in the chat room, um, Clark Dean is saying Gossip Girl kind of works yeah, in college. Clark, and, and, yeah, exactly. Uh, C. Stephen awesome. 44 says Buffy didn't. I've read that Buffy didn't. Uh, and then Sapien is saying that Verona, Veronica Mars worked in college. I would actually disagree. I thought Veronica Mars, but I don't think it was college that broke that show. I think yeah, it was. I think it had other that, yeah, influences working against it. Just a bad season. Okay. So, so you're you're gonna be like so you're uh, you're adamantly against it like if they if you would rather see new people with the same dramas with the same I don't I don't know I, I don't think it's I, the same dramas though I think there's a myriad of dramas because like the teenage pregnancy is gonna come up again the the alcohol is gonna come up again I mean but at least at least in college it's a different context of it happening and like so it's so it's at least it's like different like. But I mean, I, I can I, like off the top of my head, I can come up with like five storylines this show can't do because of the current cast. So, you know, once this group leaves and there's new kids coming in, well, then you've got like, you know, a serious adoption story because we've never really gotten into Rachel's adoption. Her adoption's perfect. What if you had an actual adoption story? You could bring in some kind of a race issue, but we we've already kind of squelched that because everybody loves each other. We can't have a race issue now, but with new kids, we could have that. Like to me, it's, I'm more interested in the storylines that could be brought up. And I think that, you know, as you mix up the characters, you can open new doors. I feel like if I follow Blaine for five more years or not really Blaine, but if I follow Kurt for five more years, like there's only so many times I can watch Kurt like fall in love and then out of love. I mean, eventually he's going to have to break up with Blaine because that's just what you need drama. And then he's going to get together with another guy and we're going to be watching the same character kind of iterate because there's only so many things you can make one person do. But if you're constantly well, bringing well, in new we people, say, new st- I don't know. Like how can we stay with them until they're successful? I don't know. <laughs> so for a little while. <laughs> Jennifer, I'm sorry. I'm totally. Um, to uh, no, no, no. That's okay. I just, um, I think the, the situations and the storylines that they would have to bring to the show to make it even remotely plausible in college, I think that would alienate too, ma- too much of their viewership right now. I think, you know, as it is, the show push, pushes boundaries within the context of high school students and, you know, the faculty and, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. I think if they try to, you know, age the show, I don't think the audience is going to age with it. And I think they're just going to lose everybody. That's an interesting point. I mean, at some point, if they leave, if they leave high school, they're not going to attract any new viewers, they're mm-hmm. just going to have to keep the ones they have. Where if they stay in high school, they can attract they new always, viewers. They'll always as they get go. yeah. A new cast brings new viewers. That's interesting. Well, we should definitely listen to a song because we're way behind on that. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and do "Wedding Bell Blues" because um, it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, here is "Wedding Bell Blues" uh, with um, Jamie Mays on vocals. I love you so. Always will. I look at you. out of another really good reason why they should stay in high school and change the cast because the longer you stay with people like Leah Michelle and Chris Colford the more you have to pay them <laughs> and so <laughs> if, essentially those characters have to get faded out no matter what happens because you just can't afford to pay them after a while <laughs> so that's why like you know Scrubs kept adding new interns after a while because they needed to shift the focus onto cheaper people <laughs> uh, like Aziz Ansari ironically um, anyway <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Will and Wemma in this episode. I know that there's a lot of anger 
shall we say. A lot of distaste for Will in the chat room right now. We'll uh, propose to Emma in this episode. It was kind of funny. A couple people pointed out in uh, voicemails that Will has no friends, apparently. And so he requires the Glee Club's help. He had three friends he was eating lunch with, like in the second scene. Yeah. So (laughs) he had friends at one point. But apparently, apparently he plays fantasy football with them, which is kind of hilarious that yeah. anyone ever wrote that line. And then somebody else went, yeah, that's believable. Um, <laughs> is everybody I know who plays fantasy football doesn't uh, dance like Will? Yeah, huge or, fans or, of or musical sing theater. sing like Will oh. <laughs> or ask their student to be their best man. There's a lot of ways in which... This Will storyline, I am going to fail attempting to defend them. Let's just put it like that. I know. Because <laughs> as much a, as I think a lot of it's wrong, I'm like, I'm still happy for them. Yeah, there's there are ways in which I like it, and I do want to defend Will, but he is hard to defend. <laughs> and it is awkward having asking his student to be his best man and, and uh, having no friends to help him. It is strange. I guess I just got to take it by, you know, um, it was sweet in ways and it was a catalyst for the kids. I guess that's the only way to yeah. go. Um, Ed, women, this episode, what did you think? I, well, with, with what? Just the whole thing? Well, yeah, um, just what did you think? I thought parts of it were cute. I mean, the, the wedding aisle was definitely, that, the wedding bell blue song that you just played, that was definitely cute. Yes. Uh, and they had the the um, the hats, the headpieces. I know, I love the, the hats. Way. The hats were the best part of that. They <laughs> <laughs> not the best part, but I did like the hats a lot. Yes. Uh, and yeah, it was um, it, so yeah, it, it was kind of a sweet moments, I guess. I it, I don't know. I just I feel like I want to sway or I want to address some of the anger that people have against. Well, what specifically are the anger issues? Well, people have just been saying that he's that he has no friends. Okay. Uh, which I can't You've argue with that. Established this, yes. Because um, <clears throat> if he had friends, they would have told him he was married to a psycho long ago. Uh, my my issue is it with it is like here's Emma saying. Um, I don't think Will ever is ever going to propose to me. Why isn't Will going to propose to me? And I'm like, you were both married a year ago to different people. <laughs> like, yeah, but, take a breather, guys. <laughs> but she was only she was she knew the guy, you know, less days than she was married to him. Wait, that doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I they, know what they you're were saying. they were together before they were married less time than they were actually married. Um, and, no, more time. Well, but and he was married for I for know. Tw- you know ten years, fifteen years, uh, I think he said, and now he's just gonna like bounce it up again, like yeah. But he's had a crush one. on her since the day he saw her. Yes, that's true. All right, you're making a good case. But that doesn't mean case. you know if we break up, you can turn around <laughs> and get married in a, in a year. No, I wasn't bothered as much by him asking Finn to be his best man. For some reason, I thought that was kind of sweet. He's had kind of a fatherly relationship with Finn since the first episode. He obviously doesn't have a lot of friends. Um, you know, it's like we can make jokes that it's like, oh, it's going to be weird at the bachelor party. But, people, you know, it's not <laughs> yeah, going to be that weird. I mean, they're obviously not going to go to Vegas uh, for the bachelor party. Like, Is it obvious? Know. Yes, that's true. That is a very good point. <laughs> that is a very good point. Um, so I don't know. I guess, yeah. Uh, they could do Reno, the biggest little city. That's there you true. Go. Well, they're in Ohio. They could go to Cleveland. Because Cleveland rocks. Because Cleveland rocks. All the... I, 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 just, I just... Like, what, like, it's like, Will, stop making everything a class assignment. They're like... Or glee assignment. They're like go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now I want everyone who comes to the Bachelor Party to prepare a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inducted song. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, actually. Um, yeah, that could... Yeah, so anyway, I guess we don't seem all that interested in talking about Will. I mean, so we there's nothing to talk about it. Yeah. You know, it just is. It's... It just is, oh, and that's... Absurd. And this is why I don't want it to stay in high school. Or, or maybe I'm... Maybe... I am still wrong, and 
we just need to get rid we need to get rid of will at some point i'm okay with that i don't think i mean again i don't know that we need to get rid of will as much i mean as, if, I mean, if I he died see, at the end of season three i want to see a I, don't return. Know how, I don't know how angry i'd be <laughs> i guess wow. it would just have to be a return to a different will like will needs to become like you know season or episode one will more of or why, why can't why can't will father. be happy like like be happy and yeah. off screen like he could get a job on broadway legit and he could, and then we could yeah. get a new teacher. He never That's fine. talked about why he didn't make it on Broadway. He didn't. He leave. He left. He never actually went to Broadway. And That's then true. the guy who replaced him got nominated for a Tony. Uh, yeah, but why couldn't he? I mean, why can't he just be happy though? I mean, like, why can't he just follow his dream and not? I don't know. Or just, or just have Will. Like, Will just has to be there to walk in and be like, "This is the assignment for this week." Talk to you guys at the end of the show. Like that's all well, it really that, needs to do. That yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hasn't that kind of been what it been like? Almost not like obviously this episode, but right. in general, that's what it felt like. Yeah, most, yeah, of, the most of the season. Yeah, most of season. Yeah, exactly. Let it happen. And I'm okay with that. I just, I just think it needs to stay in high school. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and listen to another song since we. Uh, um, so we got so many this episode. Uh, this is, of course, moves like Jagger and the mashup of Jumpin' Jack Flash. We'll discuss this in a second. But you've got a uh, little Kevin McHale on lead vocals here. So this is moves like Jagger mashup with Jumpin' Jack Flash on the Gleeful podcast. Just shoot for the stars if it feels right and name for my heart. If you feel like can take me Um, well, that is most like Jagger mashup with Jumpa Jeff Flash. Um, Ed, you've had some pretty varying opinions on mashups in the past. What do you think of this one? Definitely, without question, not their worst and not their best either. I think it was. I think it was a very good, a very good mashup. Not a great mashup, but a very good mashup. Like, I don't know. I don't know what other song I would choose either, because moves like Jagger so. I don't know. It's so it's so unique to itself. So I think I think they did I think they did the best they could with it. I don't I, I don't know if it could be broken down to a level that it could actually work well with another song. Yeah, I I guess I guess I don't understand why it needed to be a mashup. I mean, I well, I, I, yeah, well, I, I concur with that too. I mean, moves like Jagger, it would like, but I don't know. I guess they want to do some mo, mo- uh, Minaj, Nicki Minaj. Continue. Uh, <laughs> the sense I got from the tweets um, from the writers was that they wanted to do the song, but they wanted, but since it's been done so much recently, they wanted to do it in a new way, um, which is fine. Like I, I respect that, but yeah, it felt a little um, to me. It just because I'm not a big fan of the mashups, so it kind of just felt like I oh, just do one song or the other. I'm cool with that. Like, they're both fine songs. Uh, Jennifer, what did you think? Well, I mean, it was such a such a subtle mashup. It wasn't like it wasn't like the other mashups that we've heard on the series where it's almost fifty fifty. Kind of like how thrillers "Off with Your Head" was, where "Off with Your Head" was kind of like an accessory to it. Yeah, almost yeah. like and, a sampling within it, and not yeah. a true mashup. Yeah, exactly. So I thought it was kind of fun. It it definitely broke up the monotony of an extremely catchy song. So I mean. <laughs> Yeah, congratulations. You now have this song in your head for the rest of the evening. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. I'm like always like whenever I'm about to turn off the radio and then and then I hear the fir- like the first whistle, I'm like, ah, oh, fine, I'll listen one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I didn't hear this song until like two weeks ago. For some reason, I, I just missed it. 
<laughs> you don't listen to the radio. It's, it's yeah. very simple to. Exactly. It's very simple to avoid things when you hide yourself in a cave, Josh. I don't hide myself <laughs> in a cave. I okay, let's let's let Josh hide himself in a cave. No, maybe it's a move cave that involves a bicycle going through the equestrian district. But it's a cave. <laughs> He is not. He's not um, a cave. I do. A, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> That's but, actually funny that you knew I ride a bicycle through the Equestrian District. We just, we just <laughs> it before. We just <laughs> I just thought that was funny. You remembered such a such a specific detail. I remember everything, Josh. Well, and, um, and we all remember that. Like sometimes you smell horses and sometimes you smell bread. I do. <laughs> um, I, was, I was talking about my my if they be making it, they be selling it quote today. That was so good. <laughs> Yo, I'm starting yeah. to wonder. I've been looking in all the buildings, so and I think the bread, the smell of bread, might actually be a printing plant. I haven't quite decided, but I never want to take the time to ride around and try to find the bread. I'm sending you back to Doctor Rita. You need a new nose again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, my nose sucks. So but bad. You, you need to go in there and buy a ream of paper or a loaf of bread. Don't, don't. <laughs> and if Josh shows up with neither at your door, just lock the door. <laughs> go back. Well, we oh, we need funny. to discuss uh, Finchel in this episode. Uh, Finn went to Will and told him that he was going to join the army. Um, there's a lot of uh, distaste, is the word I'm going to continue using, in the chat room that Will was meddling in then relaying that information to his parents. Um, and uh, and that was definitely interesting. Will uh, Finn told Will that he was thinking about going to the army, and then Will went and... Sorry. Will went and told his parents, and then they had kind of a uh, a conversation, um, a intervention, a intervention, shall we say? Uh, seeing seeing Will and uh, seeing Will and Bert and the woman uh, and Finn's Carol? mom, Carol. Thank you in the room. That wasn't surprising to me. Seeing Emma in the room seemed a little surprising but i guess it's because she was his guidance she's a guidance counselor yes so she was kind of a mediator i don't know um on the level of meddling though jennifer how did how did you feel that uh, that will kind of turn that into a thing um honestly i i really i mean yes it's meddling but i think it's his responsibility as a, a teacher as an educator and as um a mentor i think it is his responsibility to make sure his family knows. I mean, ultimately, his parents would have to know to for him to sign the paperwork. Oh, no, well, maybe not. When he's 18, I guess he wouldn't have to yeah, have would, parental consent. Yeah, but, not after he turned 18, yeah. But, um, I mean, they would know eventually. There they, they would be involvement eventually. I think, I think it's just, you know, it just sped it up a little bit. Hmm. I mean, and... I mean, it does seem weird that one second he's asking Finn to be his, you know, best man, but then, you know, the next minute he's ratting on his parents. That was that was what bothered me about it. In the you're exactly right. In one scene he was saying, Be my equal yeah. and in the next scene he was saying, Okay, now I'm yeah. your now I'm your teacher again. But because I think he kinda of crossed the line in being my equal thing, I think it is his responsibility to to let the parents know. As a teacher, I do think that it is as a guide mm-hmm. and a mentor, yeah. I think that it would be his responsibility to let his parents know. The, it did seem that Will already knew the story of what had happened to Finn's dad. And maybe this was Will's way of kind of oh, um, I didn't get that. moderating that. For some reason, it seemed like to me that he knew, but I don't know. Uh, I I, go, I went back and forth on it. I, I have a hard time kind of deciding which way, you know, like was Will out of line or not. I think in the end, you know, it was safe. It was better to tell them than not. Yeah. I guess that's kind of how I came down about it in the end, because at the end of the day, Finn still is a kid. Yeah. And his parents should know that he's considering such a thing. Um, I don't know, Ed. What did you think about uh, about that scene? With um, well, Finn, <laughs> I, as you said, it's just it's it's it was it was like a dilemma for. Uh oh, uh oh, something just happened to my computer. <laughs> we can still hear you. Okay, well, it's still good. Happened. <laughs> whatever, whatever happened to my computer, I'll just ignore that. Uh. That's crazy. All right, now we don't hear him. Yeah, are you got Ed? I think Ed's gone. Uh, well, the one thing that kind of worried me about this plot line, and and it was interesting how it was how it turned into a story about Finn's dad, 
how Finn kept saying, yeah. you know, my dad was a war hero and I want to follow my dad's footsteps. The second time he said that, I was like, oh, it's going to turn out your dad was not a war hero. Uh, so that was yeah. kind of telegraphed. But I was really worried that this was going to come across as don't go into the army. That's what losers do. Now, I don't feel that way. Right. But there is a certain mentality mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, there is a certain class of people um, that feel that way. Uh, yeah. And that, uh, that the the going into the military or any sort of armed forces is a last, you know, a, a last resort type move. Mm-hmm. And it does bother me because everybody is vocally, you know, pro military and, and, you know, pro army. But when it comes down to it, you, you don't often see parents supportive of their child's decision to do yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Every every rich politician says, I support the troops. But as soon as their kid says, I want to go into the military, they're like, hell no, you're not going to do that. Uh, So, yeah, there's a certain there's a certain hypocrisy there. And so I was glad that the show didn't quite go that route, because that's honestly the route I thought they were taking. Yeah. In that conversation. I don't know that I don't know that they weren't. I'm still kind of feeling like. They, there's so much more that they weren't saying. They're like, the military is fine and noble, but not for you. We, we don't, you know, we don't want you to risk your life. And I, and I, and I do have issue with the way that's played out. Yeah, it was. It's tough. I mean, I. It would have been interesting to to have that scene play out without the reveal about his father. I guess right. that's what yeah, it is. Like the reveal about his father could have played out in a different way. Right. Um, like, it yeah, would have been interesting to see how that he go. Was, yeah. If he if he if he you know had been according to the military, um, you know, died in action as a hero as opposed to somebody with you know post traumatic stress, you know, here on the home front, self destructing and then dying of a drug overdose. Um, and they never really talked, they never really got to the issue of, you know, why Finn was doing this, you know, other than Finn saying, you know, I want to, I want to be somebody, I want to be somebody, you know, important and special like my dad. Yeah. But yeah, it's I think interesting. they could have yeah. been a lot, I think they, they, they could have delved a little bit deeper into that. They, they definitely could have, but I think that was the depth of his motivation. I think that was the yeah. extent of his motivation. I mean, my brother went into the Coast Guard right after high school and it was like, you know, one of the best things he ever did. Um, so I, I think that, you know, and in and, and that classic, like, it'll get me out of Lima. Exactly, it'll get, you know, that's why my brother did it because it got yeah. him the heck out of my parents' house. It's the best thing he ever did. Yeah. Um, I, so I kind of get you know, like, like there's a there's value to that argument as well, um, and his argument was more of a uh, uh, you know to to follow in my father's footsteps. I guess I don't know. It's it's interesting. I feel like we're kind of discussing a plot that's honestly like half baked. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I don't even know if the writers have thought about it as deeply as we're considering it right now. Yeah, because uh, then once the thing about his dad came up, it was like, well, now I totally don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, I mean, well, before <laughs> this, he wanted to be a sports hero, and and now he wants to be a war hero, and it just seems like he is just kind of resigned to the fact that he has no other options. Yeah, and um. Yeah. Interesting. Ed, are you back? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ossie Gleek made a really good point. Um, it's a pretty big issue to cover, and it's an issue oh. that the show could have spent an episode discussing. We yeah. could have had an episode about the military, about, like, you know, how that is, like, a damn good option yeah. for a lot of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it could have been, like, the exactly the right thing for Finn. And uh, I don't... Uh, it got kind of buried in like two minutes and then with this weird kind of emotional capper. Yeah. It seemed like this was more to, rather than addressing what could have been a really cool conversation, it was just use his motivation so that Finn could uh, could propose to Rachel. Right, right. <laughs> which, which is something else entirely. Yeah, which we kind of all saw coming. <laughs> Especially after she sang that song to him. Like how was, you know. Well, yes, let's go ahead and take a listen to that uh, song. Um, oh wait, which one was that? Uh, uh, it's the well. Here, let's take a listen to first time because I think that was we only <sighs> have time for one or two more. Um, this was amazing. First time I ever saw your face, uh, and with a whole bunch of the girls on this one. Here it is on the Gleeful Podcast. 
So this was definitely, I think at the end of the season, this is going to be one of the songs people call their best, their their favorite of the season. I'm getting uh, choked up again. This is my third time hearing it. It's one that's going to stick with people. It was pretty, it was pretty impactful. Um, all I can say is that if you don't like this song, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I had a be- long email conversation today with somebody. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, in addition to just how how beautifully performed and the 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 intensity and the control in this song the passion in it i just i loved the way they they used it as an opportunity to kind of give little flashes into people's relationships yeah it was really sweet because i mean there was so much like it, it seemed like they were trying to do so much in this episode and they couldn't just catch up with everybody where they were in their place where they were at this point in time and, you know, like, so you got a couple of flashes of, you know, Santana and Brittany holding hands. And then, you know, you, you, you get to see their, their little interaction as a, a flashback in this. And, you know, the same got to see even more with, you know, Sam and Mercedes and, you know, and, and Tina and Mike Chang. It's, you know, you got to see a little bit of them, too. And it was just, it just, it, it conveyed so much just all during this song and I thought it was so incredibly well done yeah I mean you know we we often we often say like oh it's so packed with plot right you know it's like oh there's too much going on and here's something where like in one scene we got all this stuff and we were like oh that's perfect yeah we know where everybody stands in their relationships yeah yeah. totally Um, yeah I think it's great I I think it's great stuff Uh, the scene was great I thought the song was really sweet and well done Uh, beautifully done it's always good to have some Roberta Flack in your life straight up. There's no reason you should not just fill your day with that. Um, it was really well done and it was a, it was a good scene. Um, and so I guess, you know, let's talk about this proposal, I guess. It just yeah. died. That's the last thing to really get into. Let's talk a little about this proposal. I I I hate the proposal. Um, I do, every, you know, Rachel Say No was trending on Twitter. Um, I <laughs> well, yeah, hope I that, that Rachel says no, but not because I don't love Finchel, which I right. do. Suck it, typo. Um, <laughs> I, I love Finchel. I think they're great together. I love them as people. Um, but I think it's like so dumb for those yeah. two people at that age in this stage of their lives at this level of maturity to be getting married is such a horrible idea um so you know i, I that's how i feel about it i understand yeah. where he is in his head yeah uh, i understand that he sees like i am running out of options right. <laughs> like he is slowly to be somebody ex- yeah slowly but surely his options are going away from him yeah. and everything he keeps trying to do gets kind of yanked away from him so i get it um but uh yeah that's that's me jen <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I um, I, I okay. I don't hate that he proposed. It makes me sad because okay, it's it's obvious. Yes, football didn't work out. Military's <laughs> not going to work out. If he doesn't lock this down, you know, he will be alone in the garage, and that's it. You know, he's he's going to be stuck there, um, and. I, I do think that, you know, Rachel singing that song to him, which of course now I can't think of the time. I can't think of what this. It was with, without you. Yes, yes, without yes. you. Yes, yes, without you. And um, I think that was kind of his, you know, his his moment of clarity. He's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, and where she is probably. I mean, at least coming from an, an emotional standpoint, he's probably looking at this as like, oh, oh, you know, this is this is my 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 present, what I need to be doing. And I mean, I can't imagine that he thinks that they're going to get married even before they graduate. I mean, he's he's got to understand that she's going to go to college, and you know, she'll still wear his ring, and they'll get married when she's done. I don't know. I mean, who but, knows what? We, we It was one scene. Yeah, um, I know. But people do that. I mean, people do get married in high school. Um, and for some people, it works. Uh, Terry and Will, I mean, it's an they interesting... They got married after high school. But they were high school sweethearts. Right. It's an interesting correlation or an interesting connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. It's not... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see how this is going to go. It's so it, it's it's really hard because like in an ideal world, it's like, yeah, they get engaged now. She goes to college. She, you know, gets some experience. Maybe yeah. she works professionally in musical theater for a while. But I mean, but then then she pulls a Shelby and then comes back to Lima, gets married, settled down. But still, then, lo- <laughs> then, then now she runs the Glee Club. You know, I mean, that would be the perfect, perfect world scenario for for Finn. But let's like let's talk about the real world, like just for a second. Imagine this in the real world. What would happen here? What should happen is that, you know, she she says no. She goes to college. He stays in Lima. Finn should stay in Lima. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I know within the boundaries of this show and really the boundaries of popular culture in, gen- in general, um, you know, staying at your hometown and running your father's auto shop is considered a massive failure. A death sentence. Yeah, but within, like, the boundaries of real life, that could be the best thing he could do. I mean, yeah. you know, to have a family and to have a life that he understands and to thrive in that. I think that's a, there's nothing wrong with that. And then Rachel would go to New York. And in real life, what happens is that they would try to make it work for six months. And then, you know, the turkey Ten drops. Tops. And then, uh, you know, she, yeah, she would dump him on Thanksgiving vacation. And they would go their separate ways into a life, you know, with people that are better suited for them long term as opposed to just who they are in high school. That's what happens in real life. Yeah. In television life. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably, I don't know, maybe he'll go to New York. Maybe he'll follow her. There's a lot of things that can happen in television life. Okay. But back to what you were saying about there's nothing wrong with, you know, staying in your hometown and, and, and working for the family business and so forth. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. If that's your mindset, if if that's something that you want and you're comfortable with and or or even is your life's dream. But it doesn't appear that that is Finn's dream. I mean, well, he's still trying to figure out what his dream is, obviously. Yeah, I think that's the thing. He doesn't know what his dream is yet. Because he's so easily um, attracted to the next thing. Hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's even the next thing. I just think it's like... I was that guy. Like, I wasn't captain of the football team. I was uh, lonely and played Dungeons and Dragons. But I was that guy who, like, graduated high school and had literally no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I applied to one school because I thought I could get in and I went there because it was, you know, I went down the list of things and I was like, well, they won't take me in the army. And, like, I have to get the heck out of my parents' place or I'm going to start carrying an Uzi for fun. And so I, like, moved away, you know. So I understand Finn in that way. Like, to a certain extent, 
you just start seeing everything disappearing and you see like all of your friends getting accepted to schools or knowing that they're never going to and that this is what their plan is and you just kind of take the first thing or you just kind of take what's left. The first thing that will accept you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, And he's looking at the world right now and going like, everyone's looking at me and saying, you have to decide. Like you have to decide right now. Right. This is this is it. If you if you don't, you know, make this decision right now, then in 30 years, you're going to be unhappy and and you're going to always have this moment to blame. Like so, you know, it's like I I sympathize a lot with this mentality. Like this just is kind of like if I don't make the right decision right now and I don't know what the right decision is, but I have to make something and I have to do something or I'm going to be a failure for the rest of my life. Yeah, if only it really was that one decision in life that made you a failure. Yeah, you find out later that that decision is like wildly insignificant. That's about as significant (laughs) as what you're having for dinner tonight. (laughs) But in that moment, I mean, everyone is looking at him. Every single person in his life is looking at him and going, what are you going to do? That's so unfair, (laughs) too. It really is. So I don't know. Like it's it's there's an interesting conflict between you know what would happen in real life and what happens in TV land. You know. Yeah. Uh, Who knows what will happen in TV land? But it'll be interesting to find out. Ed, we're talking about the proposal. Are you back? Yes, I am. Ah, Ed is back. Welcome. We're talking about the Finchel proposal. Ed, your thoughts? I mean, I've been. I thought it was a little rushed. I mean, for for obvious reasons. I mean, they're so young. I mean, in T land, I don't know. I, I don't know about their actual ages. Um, <laughs> I, I, and you become such a different person in college, and just even after even just after high school. I don't know. I think it's preemptive, at best. At best, it's preemptive. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely grasping. He he definitely needs to feel a sense of belonging and accomplishment somewhere yeah and i just uh yeah it it makes me it makes me a little sad because i just don't feel i i I don't believe it can go well no i don't i don't think that i don't think there's any way well yeah all i can do is like apply my own experiences to where finn is at right now and i I, i'm like yeah essentially what's going to happen here is finn is going to make all the right all the wrong decisions for like five years like that's how i feel (laughs) what's going to happen for finn now um but we as a television audience don't have the patience for that Or, (laughs) or rachel goes away to college finn works at the shop and then you know like uh I don't know how many months pass and then, you know, Quinn's car breaks down and she ends up at a shop and they, they get back together again. Oh, is it raining? It's probably raining. And his heart raining. on the radio? It's pro- <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and is it on a deserted highway? You went there. I know, right? You did. Uh, well, we got a couple of voicemails on this on uh, these topics. Let's take a listen to a few voicemails about the episode. Hi, Gleeful Podcast. This is listener Marissa from LA. I was just, I just watched uh, last night's episode of Yes and No for the second time today. And the second time it really hit me. And I was just wondering how, especially for Finn, they're always having, you know, heart-to-heart, you know, confrontations at school in a random classroom. I mean, I too had baby monitors trapped everywhere so she could play them on the PA system and stuff. <laughs> just wondering what your thoughts were. Thanks. Bye. That's pretty funny. Uh, let's see, here we got a couple more. Hi, Tasha and I, this is Caitlin. Um, I thought that Glee came back really strong with this episode, and I really liked it. I was happy that Will and Emma finally figured everything out, and I loved the proposal. I thought it was over-the-top and sweet and very much what Glee is. Um, and even though it's a little sad that Will doesn't have any friends, so he has to consult his students about his love life, it's kind of creepy that at least Finn is going to be at his bachelor party. I thought it was sweet that Will found a way to involve the kids. I'm kind of upset about the two-week break. But that two-second clip of Smooth Criminal that was in the promo was enough to make me excited for the episode. Uh, can't wait to hear the podcast. Bye. Yeah, there is a, a, a break in here. I, I wonder if there's like a special event or something. that is it like the Super Bowl? What? Tonight? I don't know. It's just we, like there's no Glee shift. next week, so that usually means oh. that there's a reason. Oh, there's no Glee? That's the next episode was the Michael episode. It, it is, but it's in two weeks. 
Oh, what is what is this week? Why didn't they just wait another week to come back? The twenty eighth? What's going on on the twenty eighth? Uh, yes, I do not know. Um, Sorry, no, wait, wait. It wouldn't be the twenty eighth. The twenty fourth. Twenty fourth. Hmm. Is there a debate? Oh, maybe it's something like that. Is it oh, South Carolina? Early for that. Oh, well, is it? Is it? It's not Super Tuesday, is it? No, I don't know. Could be. I don't know. I read. I read the Ides of March today. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Here's another voicemail. Oh. Hi, Gleeful Podcast. This is Stephanie from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I just finished watching the episode Yes to Snow, and I would like to give my three-word review. Shut up, Finn. He just ruins everything. I hate when shows have high schoolers proposing to other high schoolers. What is this stuff, girl? Ugh, I'm just so annoyed. Well, that's my thoughts. Thanks. Uh, apparently next week is the State of the Union address. That is oh. why we are postponed. It was political. It was political. You were right. Uh, let's got, see. Here we got. got... It's not that Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Hi, Gleeful. My name no, is Aaron. No, it's not the Tonys. Um, I just want to weigh in on the latest episode, Yes, No. Um, it started off, as most episodes do, with, it looked pretty promising with the promos, and then it became one of the most predictable and intolerable to watch I've ever seen. The music, it was okay, except for the, the one girl song that they did. I really, it got so boring, I actually changed the channel, and I, I couldn't do it. And um, I have to say, the guest star, New Leaks, was hysterical, and probably my favorite part of the episode. Uh, can we hear the show? Bye-bye. And one last one, uh, because I gave her a lot of crap earlier, so I'm going to go ahead and hopefully Typo's voice. <laughs> hey, y'all, it's Typo. I was trying to gather my thoughts on last night's episode and realized that, yes, Will Schuster is a friendless meddler who treats Emma very poorly. And, no, I still don't like Finn. Yes, the Esther Williams-esque synchronized swimming number was vaguely moronic, but no, I couldn't stop grinning at Artie chilling in the inflatable lounger. <laughs> yes, nice suit is uber creepy, yet no one can deny she was there in an entirely sweet and appropriate manner for Becky. Which brings us to our five-word review. Helen Mirren for the win. Well, there you go. Awesome. Helen Mirren. Um, <clears throat> I like how she upped it to a five-word review. Yes. <laughs> it seems to be like between three and five words. Yeah, that I seems like to be the way we go there. Um, and we we did have the big synchronized swimming number at the end. There's not a lot to say other than no, I hate that song. That was really... <laughs> you hate that song, Shocker. <laughs> that song. It was, it, I thought that was really fun and really cute. And um, I have to say that there, there were moments if, as you're looking through... At the, across at the cast some of them just looked like they were cracking up like they were just having so much fun filming that whole sequence so. except for Rory who looks like he's afraid he'll drown <laughs> like there's a scene where you can see Damien in the middle of the screen doing like an arm movement and he was concentrating so hard that he doesn't <laughs> screw it up uh, I, I, like, I, I worry of it. I worry for him. Yeah. Well, there was, one, there was like when when Finn was jumping in initially, he's like kind of crying up. And there was another scene where like they kind of panned across and you see Tina and and she looks like she's cracking up and and that was really sweet. And, oh, seriously, you know, Will you know walks across the water, then jumps in and and then you know finally gets to asking her to marry him. The way Emma says, I love you. And I'm like, oh, she's going to turn him down. She's going to turn him down. <laughs> I know she is. Now, before we go, I totally forgot one last thing. Emma's parents are crazy. <gasps> oh, I do not like <laughs> Emma's them. Emma's parents are so evil. Did we, did we know that already, though? I, I mean, they, they were all, they were like ginger supremacists. They are, but I couldn't believe that scene, like, I guess even you're right. Even though we'd seen them and they were evil before, yeah. I was still unprepared for like when she's like, uh, you know, our little freaky deaky. I want to hit her. I, I want I want to punch that woman. Yeah, even though they went through all that before, it's like here somebody is, you know, like standing in front of you and saying, "I love your daughter. I want to spend my life with your daughter," and they're like, "Don't do it." I'm like, "Oh, that's so horrible. It's really, really horrible." Ugh, oh, and yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But if we are wrapping <laughs> stuff up, I do want to say I think it's adorable that um, Sam joined the synchronized swimming team, and those people just seem crazy and fun, and I hope we get to see more of them. But see, we can't support the synchronized swimming team because they're uh, run by a psychotic woman. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought she's a, funny. A housewife of, I, of Evil Land. I don't know. I, I think she can TV show. I think she could be a nice, um, a, a, a nice um, foe for Sue. Like I just yeah, I could see that. I would, I would like to see them have like a crazy coach off or something. <laughs> that's true. I can see that coming. I just can't support anyone that's ever had anything to do with that show. Like it just goes against every fiber of my humanity. Uh, it's okay. You didn't watch it. We're not watching it. It's okay. It's not on our DVR. But now she's on Glee. I'm gonna talk you down. Okay. What what, what Glee <laughs> really needs is a is an enemy bigger than Sue. Like like we're talking about someone who's like coming down to defeat like to destroy all extracurricular activities at high school. Like we need we need like the I don't even know Zarkon. Um, <laughs> and like enemy of fun. And, like enemy enemy like your enemy's enemies is your friend. Like, we, we, I, I'm behind this 100%. <laughs> well, uh, Ed, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers before we go? Yes, I would. I would like to thank uh, Pigby Loves Glee, Katie Gleek 101, uh, Danami Gon, Cole Lucas, Mitt Mater, Nefarious Girl 3, No, I Will Not Make Out With You. And <laughs> thank you very much for reviewing us. Thanks. Yeah, like four reviews. That's pretty good for. That's a good week. That's a good week. That is a good week. Yeah. And, um, so hold on. Have you? So you did. You decided that Josh and Jen, the Christmas spectacular, was canon because no, I did because episode ninety three. You didn't do. You didn't label anything episode ninety two. Oh. So therefore, you have made the subconscious or conscious decision to make Josh and Jen's two thousand eleven Christmas spectacular canon. There I mean, well. We're going to call it subconscious. Uh, well, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find the website, gleefulpodcast.com. You can go to that website and buy a t-shirt. Now, people, if we sell three t-shirts, three Josh more. breaks even. <laughs> we have to sell three more t-shirts for Josh to break even. Aww. So let's get to that. That's our goal as a family. Okay. <laughs> uh, after that, I don't care what y'all do. It's been a while. All right, I'll um, buy one. Jennifer's gonna, she's gonna buy three. <laughs> um, and you can find us on Twitter at Gleeful Podcast. I'm at Josh Fernell. He's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. You also have the Facebook fan page. You can just search for Gleeful Podcast there, and you will find us on Facebook. That's about it for the uh, Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. He's out. Good night, everyone. I may have taken your advice after the blue screen about drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Always good advice. Cheers. Cheers.